This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Goonatool. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Specifically though, this is our Agree to Disagree show where we'll be having a chat about a topic which has formed a bit of division amongst the Arsenal fan base and possibly uh, with my guests who may think differently to me on this topic and you in the chat box in the comment section may as well. It creates debate and discussion which is what we as Arsenal fans absolutely adore. I say I'm joined by a guests i wanted lev but i got shaheen how are you doing shaheen <laughs> i'm just gonna leave now man you know this is not but i'm gonna be off no i'm good man i'm good thanks for having me on no, um, it's always a pleasure to come over to yours um but yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to doing this show Good stuff. Shaheen, uh, obviously joining us from the Arsenal Lounge, which for those of you who somehow are not aware of, uh, is a show that we do on Monday nights over on Shaheen and Lev's channel with the help of Mo, who a lot of you are familiar with. Uh, Eight o'clock, usually Monday nights, depending on when fixtures are. If it's a Monday game, usually we do it Tuesday. But uh, make sure you're tuning in. The link to the channel is in the description. So if you're not already subscribed, make sure you go over and subscribe to the Arsenal Lounge. But we are here, Shaheen, to discuss... Thierry Henry uh, and his comments surrounding William Saliba. Now, to give the listeners some context as to what we're talking about, I'll read you his quotes last night. He was speaking to Amazon Prime about Saliba uh, after they were battered by Leon, um, and he was talking about him saying, I think it's a real shame they didn't even let him make a mistake. He was sent away without even being able to make a mistake. He didn't have the chance to prove himself. What he is doing here is extraordinary. He was rewarded with a selection for the France team. Now he belongs to Arsenal. I don't know where he will end up. We have seen that it was a little difficult for him to express himself on the subject. What I know is that he could have been in the Arsenal squad. I'm not Mikel Arteta, but I found it difficult for him. Anyway, he responded well, and that's the most important thing. Now, what what was your initial reaction, not to the reaction of seeing the quotes, but the reaction of yours personally to what he said? Nothing negative, you know, because if we go back to 
last season, or I would say maybe even the season before that, you know, everybody had this question that why is Saliba not getting a game? You know, why are we sending this guy? You know, we spent 30 million pounds on this guy. You know, why can't he get a game? I remember this was a real, you know, discussion topic when we didn't register him for the Europa League. We didn't Europa League squad. We didn't register him for the Premier League squad. He didn't get a game in, I think he got one game in Carling Cup, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, uh, he got, yeah, it wasn't even that. He was on the bench for the Community Cup. Shield. Um, and he played against MK Dons in a preseason friendly. That's that's it. That's all he's yeah. done. So what Thierry Henry is saying is what a lot of people were saying a few seasons before. Now, since then, Saliba has gone on on loan to Marseille. He's done well. Um, but the point is still, I think what he's talking about, he's talking about back then, which he's saying exactly what a lot of Arsenal fans were saying, is that how come this guy has not been given a chance? I remember people going as far as saying he's better than Rob Holding. Mm. You know, he should be there. You know, he should be partnering um, Ben do White. You think he, he should be partnering... When, uh, when he came in after that season at Saint-Etienne, do you think he should have been ahead of Rob Holding? Not necessarily, but maybe... Listen, hindsight is a really, you know, it's a wonderful thing. Looking back on it now, we can say, yeah, all right, he went to Marseille. He did really well. But before he went to Marseille, Right? Everybody would say, we should keep this guy, we should give him a chance. Mm -hmm. Saliba deserves a chance. Mm -hmm. Every, quite a lot of people that I know were saying this. You know? And then now you've got Thierry Henry saying exactly what was said back then, and somehow there are you know, comments, I'm sure you're going to go into that, that has been said. But my reaction to it, it, it wasn't one that, oh, I'm shocked about what he's saying. This is outrageous. No, he's saying what everybody was saying at the time. I, I think we should have been given a chance at Arsenal. I so my my thoughts around kind of Saliba's situation to give context is you know when he came back from Saint Etienne, um, this this was someone that had really not played much for you know an eight, eighteen months or so. He his return loan was affected by injury and then obviously the pandemic hit in which Liga finished early, so he didn't really play a full season at all. Um, the season before that, when he was kind of breaking out into the, into the Saint Etienne team again, wasn't involved in, in terms of a full season, so he's not. He had hardly played um, senior football for quite some time. So when he came back, there was also this situation with the French Cup final. He wanted to play the French Cup final for Saint Etienne, and Arsenal weren't willing to agree to Saint Etienne's terms to basically pay them for him yeah. to play the final and there was issues around kind of his fitness regime that they wanted him to be put on that you know wasn't amicable basically and he was annoyed about that and I don't think the club took too kindly to the way in which he reacted to you know not being able to play in the final the issue for me with Arsenal is what they did at the end of the summer 2020 window which was that one they didn't register him for the Europa League or the Premier League in the sense that he could be selected for the team. And two, they didn't sort out a loan in the period of time where the championship window was still open. Yeah, because if yeah, you remember, remember like the, the window European-wise was, was closed. Yeah. And I don't have too much of an issue with that because Ren came in in the last week of the window and was offering him a loan. But then they went for Daniele Regani from Juventus instead at the last yeah. minute, which meant that Arsenal couldn't end up sorting out a loan for Saliba. 
but they, I still feel like they could have maybe done something regarding a championship loan so he was actually playing senior football. But at a minimum, they should have registered him. But they should have yeah. registered him in the Europa League team and they didn't do that. And Tom, if I'm not mistaken, there was a situation where we were short at the back in Europa League and everybody was like, Oh well, why see why wasn't he registered? He yeah. could have come in now. If I'm, not, I, I can't remember which game it was or, or, or what you know what date he was, but I do remember an instance where there was real talk. Of, Look, why haven't we registered? He could have played now, and he couldn't. He couldn't even get a game in Carabao Cup, which was surprising. Mm. Fast forward to 2021, he went on loan to Nice, which I think was a really good loan move. You know, Nice were doing yeah. some good things uh, at the time and he formed a good partnership with Jean-Claire Didibo, who joined on loan as well from Barcelona. And they, he played on the left-hand side, which is interesting because he's not really played on that side for Marseille this season, did really well, returned. And then in the summer of 2021, was effectively told, look, we want to sign a centre-back this summer. You know, Ben White's going to come in for 50 million quid. Um, we don't think your Arteta didn't think he was ready uh, still at that point, which again is fair enough. He just played six months and that's it of senior football. That was six months more than he played in like the last 18. So it, I kind of get where Arteta is coming from and he'd rather be playing. I think the club would rather see him playing. So they got him alone to Marseille. And I don't think that this has been a bad loan for him at all. In fact, I think it's probably been the best decision possible for him to go on loan. So yeah. this is where I diverge from Thierry's comments. This is where I think that um, he he is slightly wide of the mark to talk about him in this sense at Marseille. Because yes, he's right in saying that he wasn't given the opportunity when there was one where he could have been registered. But the thing is, is I, I don't think he's right to point to this Marseille loan as any kind of error on the club's part. What do you think about that? No, I, I agree there. I don't think he was though. I think he was talking about prior to this where maybe he should have been given an opportunity to make mistakes here at Arsenal rather than mm. being sent out alone. Um, maybe there are things behind the scene about his relationship with Arteta or with club that we don't know and Thierry does know. Obviously, him being French, and maybe he's aware of that. I don't know. I don't want to um, you know, you know, talk, talk about something that I don't know. But I think from what I gathered you know, of the, the, the discussion was that he was referring mm. to previously where he should have been given a chance to make mistakes at Arsenal rather than being sent out alone. Um, as I said, looking back on it now, it, it's, as you said, it, it, it seems as it was a really good decision and he's done really well at Marseille. And, you know, Arsenal have got a big decision to make with this guy come summer because he's got about a year and a half left on his contract. So you either need to sell him or you need to offer him a new contract because you don't want to have another scenario where you write off another thirty million pounds and a, another player walks away for free. Um, and what they want to do with him, as I said, I don't know the talks behind the scenes. You know what mm. the plans are for him. Um, I'm hoping that they will keep him and, and he'll sign a new contract. Let's jump into the chat box as well and get some of the reaction from you guys. Wes, thank you so much for becoming a member and supporting the channel. Really appreciate it. Yeah, that. he came from Arsenal Lounge. We told him to come over. Did he? Is that what <laughs> happened? <laughs> Wes, you've got, to, you've got to corroborate this story now. <laughs> um, Lynn says, uh, Henri should not be getting involved and surely Mikel knows more about Saliba and us fans and Henri. Um, it's something that I want to come on to in a second is talking about, you know, the... 
Henri speaking on certain topics and the reaction of the fan base to Henri as well. Um, Yo says, Nuno was deemed ready enough despite playing so little senior football before joining the club. Um, again, I think he came in obviously as a backup in a position with just yeah. Kieran Tierney. So it's a bit different than having Gabriel, Rob Holding, Pablo Marie and Ben White all ahead of you. When it's just Kieran Tierney, you can kind of see why Nuno Tavares was given the opportunities where Saliba hasn't. Another thing, Tom, can I just say some, add mm. some I think Nuno. I think one issue with William Saliba is his price tag. You know, if if you know yeah. Nuno Tavares was, I think seven million seven pounds. Million. Yeah. You know, in, in in a in a grand scheme of things, in footballing terms, seven million pounds is not a lot of money. Whereas, you know, the outlay of thirty million pounds and the player has not kicked the ball for the club, it raises a lot of questions. I'll put a little poll in the chat box as well um, saying is Thierry Henry right in his comments regarding Saliba at the moment uh, 64 of you have voted so far make sure if you're joining us to, to drop a vote and drop a like on the video as well 42% saying yes 58% saying no um, he's not currently right on this now the, the side bit to this Shaheen is something that you obviously tagged me in a tweet about earlier is the criticism that Thierry Henry is getting and to the point where that criticism is crossing over into what I think is, is greater and worse than criticism, bordering mm. on abuse and definitely abuse in some cases yeah. towards Thierry Henry. Now, I, in this morning's show, uh, said that I think that when you look across some of Thierry Henry's comments in the last year plus, two years, I get a feeling of envy from him that's just it's my personal opinion I get a sense that there is some envious tendencies because we know how much he he wants the Arsenal manager's job I think he has made no bones about that being a secret and he's obviously his managerial record has not been that great and when you see a manager like Mikel Arteta who had no previous managerial first team experience come in I think naturally there's going to be some envy and I don't think it's me I don't think it's critical to say that there's some envy I think it's pretty you know, fair to say that there would be envy. I think if I was Henri, I'd be pretty envious. But my issue is I think that across his comments in the last year and a bit, that that has started to maybe affect the way in which he's speaking about Arsenal. And I have been very critical consistently about a lot of comments that he's made in that year and a bit. What do you make of both that, my opinion, and yeah. some of the lines that have been crossed online today as well? Um. Uh, Tom, didn't he didn't he do an interview and he said he actually doesn't want to manage Arsenal? I don't know. Look into that. While I'm, I'm looking gonna, at where you're going. Yeah, yeah. The, the, listen, the most important thing in this equation, if you like, is we all need to understand and respect that we may have a different view about a topic, and that is okay. It doesn't mean because I'm saying one thing and you're saying something opposite. You know, you don't know nothing about football or I can abuse you or I can be aggressive towards you. No, Thierry Henry has got an opinion about this Saliba situation, about Arteta or about him as a manager and is entitled to his opinion. You can disagree, as, as you as you just said, you, you just disagreed with some things that Thierry Henry has said about Mikel Arteta, mm -hmm. but you're respectful about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an Arsenal legend. This is a guy who's got a statue outside the club. This is this is the guy. I think he was the first or the second that was introduced in Premier League Hall of Fame. Mm. You know, Jamie Carragher, John Terry. These guys coming out saying he was the toughest opponent they played. You know, people seem to forget what he's done for the club. And if he's if he's got an opinion, 
whether it's positive or negative about the club, he's entitled to it. You can disagree with what he's saying, but don't come out with rubbish comments. Don't be abusive to, towards the guy. Don't forget, this is one of the reasons that he left social media a few years ago, because of the abuse. Not necessarily from the Arsenal fans, but generally. I mean, I, I did, I've done a tweet that I'll tag you in on it. There was a guy that he came out and he said, Thierry Henry is not fit enough to tie uh, uh, Mikel Arteta's laces. Yeah, I saw that comment. Managerial uh, laces, I think he said. Yeah, no, either, either. Listen, t- you know, Thierry Henry has gone there. He, he's tried, man, you know, ma- being a football manager, he's not for everybody. You know, maybe he, he goes to another place and he works out well for him. And I think every Arsenal fan would love mm. to see him do well. Okay? Just like how it is with Patrick Vieira. You know, Crystal Palace at home, I think it was the only time I've ever seen the opposition manager getting more love than our current manager when he came and everybody's singing Patrick Vieira. Uh, I remember uh, Tony Adams, he criticized Arsene Menger and he said, Arsene Menger is not a good coach. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't see a lot of people going for him back then. Admittedly, social media was not really big at the time, but he criticized that. Thierry Henry came out and he criticized, um, actually, no, I stand corrected. Patrice Evra, he said he went to Thierry Henry's house to watch an Arsenal game with him. And as soon as he saw Granny Xhaka wearing an armband coming out, he turned the TV off and said, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. Just because that was Granny Xhaka and he's very divisive, you know, not a lot of people are a fan of Granny Xhaka. I didn't see anybody going for him and saying, oh, quite the opposite. Oh, look, even an Arsenal legend doesn't want him to be a captain. Yeah, even an Arsenal legend doesn't want him. This guy's got a statue outside the club. You know mm. I would criti- I I would be critical of that of Thierry Henry doing that about Granit Xhaka personally, like you know. Yeah, you can. You know, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mean... turn around and say you're a disgrace. Like yeah, exactly. you know, it's yeah, your listen, opinion, and I disagree. Thierry Henry is yeah. not going to talk about Arsenal, and he's not going to get everything right. There will hmm. be comments that he's wrong, or maybe there's some you know envious things behind the scenes, as you said, and that is okay. You can disagree with all of that. Hmm. But to go and abuse a guy that has done so much for this club. Listen, I don't think any Arsenal fan will remember when he got he came in as a substitute against Leeds on his return. Mm-hmm. I, I still watch this on YouTube and I have goosebumps. Yeah, same. I have it saved in a folder, that video. Like it's, it's Do you know what uh, I mean? So, yeah. So this yeah. is that guy. This is the same guy that we all love passionately. This is the mm-hmm. same guy that we we adore. We call him the king. You know, if he's if he's not a fan of Mikel Arteta, so he's an Arsenal fan. I, I'm not a great I'm not a greatest fan of Mikel Arteta, but I'm respectful about it. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have positive views of Mikel Arteta for whatever reason, he's entitled to his his view. But to abuse him is a second thing. Is you know I will put him as a, in the same category as the likes of. You know, Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira, David Rocasso, David O'Leary. Right up there, Thierry Absolutely, Right yeah. up there. Absolutely. So, um, right, just, but that's my view. And, and in Europe, sorry, to just to address your view on, of him, course, on him. I can see where you're coming from, but I don't really feel... I just think that, that it, maybe there is something, but I think it came after this whole... Um, him and Dennis Bergkamp and mm. the, you know the the guy the Daniel Ek guy tried to buy the club it didn't kind of work you know I think maybe something came came in after that where he feels distant from the club you know maybe it, it's not a, a, as as good as before maybe it's just that mm. 
Uh, Omri's comments on manager situations, to clarify that, he spoke in 2021 to 442 where he said, I'm an Arsenal fan, so if you're asking me if one day I'd like to coach Arsenal, then yes. If you ask me one day I'd like to be the Arsenal's kit man, then yes. If you ask me one day I'd like to cut the grass at the Emirates Stadium, then yes. Uh, But it's a utopia and I am far from that. If you ask me, I am dreaming. Yes, I'm dreaming. Um, But when you're not dreaming, you're awake and there is a reality. Would I love to coach Arsenal? Yes. Would I love to go to Barcelona? Yes. I'm on a learning curve. I want to do well for the team I'm coaching then time will tell if you're not successful you're not going to have those types of opportunities I'm just concentrating on what I can control and the rest is a massive utopia um, so there you correct. go this is thoughts on on I mean yeah. it's, I think it splits between the two of us uh, to be honest I, I do think there is obviously a want from him in a fan sense of being the Arsenal manager like all of us would and I think there is maybe I still stand by my comments I think there is an element of possible envy that does run through some of the the overcritical stuff that I see sometimes. But what I would say is that, you know, it's a case of being critical and not being overzealous with your comments about it. Again, let's jump into the chat and see what some of you guys are saying. Uh, Ogle, who's one of our members, says, oh, wow, someone must have copy and pasted my perspective into Shaheen's head. I love his nuanced take on the topic. Well, if you want to hear more of Shaheen's takes on topics, make sure you go and subscribe to the Arsenal Lounge. Um, Wes says, while I respect who said it, I have no, I have to react to what he said. And I don't think, uh, I don't think me not agreeing with Thierry Henry makes me I'm respecting him less. And this is, I think, is what it's about, Wes, is that you can disagree with Thierry Henry. It doesn't mean you're disrespecting Thierry Henry by disagreeing with his take or what he thinks. It's when that line is crossed and when people start, you know, getting personal and start saying, you know, he's got no right to have an opinion on something. Exactly, yeah. He's got no right to do that. Things like Thierry Henry should keep his mouth shut. Thierry Henry should go away. Thierry Henry should shut up. Thierry Henry is, you know, he's not half of the manager that Mikel Arteta is, and so on. So let's not forget, there's a lot of people, a lot of people that four games, if you go back four games, they were saying he needs to go, Mikel Arteta. He's not good enough because he lost to Brighton, Southampton, Crystal Palace. So I don't want to mix things here, mm. but the story, same people are now saying, oh, Mikel Arteta is great, and Thierry Henry can't have an opinion. He's this, he's that, or he's just jealous. He's, you know... He, he should keep his mouth shut. And I just mm. think you can disagree with what Thierry is saying. And I think he would he'll probably appreciate it more if you disagree with what's saying and have a respectful debate with him, as I'm sure you would, Tom. If you yeah, come across Thierry Henry, you would point out your, your, your view and I'll say this turn and, think it, and say to him, I think you should you know, I think you keep your mouth shut. Like, you know, no, that's, that's you not would, gonna be the way I, you go I, about you know, it. The, you know the funny thing, Tom, is every single, every single person anywhere in social media who's written those comments, if they come across Thierry Henry face-to-face, I don't think not a single one will say those things to him. Oh, that's are a, you kidding? Absolutely yeah. not. They'd be like... Yeah, that's uh, the sad uh, thing about uh, social media. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I would tell him, listen, if I was to disagree with him on something, I would say, Thierry, you said this, this and this and this. I, I say the opposite because of mm. so-and-so, so-and-so. I love you. Can we have a selfie together, man? You're the best. That's how it would go. And, and I think he would appreciate it more than... You, you know, you turn, oh, yes, Thierry, you're right. Yeah, everything you say is perfect. And you walk away and say, this guy's an idiot. Uh, Yo-Yo says in the chat, many ex-players have criticised the club. Petit, Tony Adams, Paul Merson, Charlie Nicholas, uh, Ian Wright. Why are Gunas overprotective of Arteta's Arsenal? Um, I, it's an interesting point. I, I come from the perspective, obviously, doing this channel where 
you know, thankfully there's not a lot of abuse, you know, in the chat box ever. Um, sometimes I think that people misconstrue my position on the manager quite easily. Uh, and we've talked a lot about that on, on the lounge as well. You know, yeah. from my perspective, there's been two points during our te tenure where I've wanted a change. And that has been after Villarreal and that was after the 5-0 Manchester City game. I think that everything that's happened subsequently from that has certainly, from my perspective, changed my mind on the manager and made me want to see where this can go. And I think that, you know, some good work has, plenty of good work has been done. I don't think there's necessarily an overprotection of Arteta from a broad perspective. I think there will be from a portion, you know, of fans who are very, very protective of a Mikel Arteta. So that's why I think we need to be careful about, you know, the way in which we categorise certain viewpoints. Because to say that there is an overprotection of Arteta, I would say, is wrong. But I would say that there is an overprotection of Arteta or a over-criticism, in some cases, of Arteta from certain sections of the fan base. Do you think that's fair? That is 100% spot on. I know this show is called Agree to Disagree. <laughs> we agree with I, each other, which is fine. I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you on that front. What I don't understand is 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 this Arteta loving or the overprotection from certain fans that as soon as Could you, you give say, me an example of what you mean, like as soon as like it's happened on a Monday night show, right? Mm, sure. In the comments, I've seen this. I'm not. I'm very unsure. Let's say about Mikel Arteta still. Mm -hmm. Okay, and uh, people come at me and saying you don't know nothing about football. How can you be unsure of Mika? Oh, this guy is look look what he trusts the process. And then when you go into it and you ask, what is the process? What yeah. is it that I'm meant to most of them struggle? They just come, oh look, look, he's you know, he's fixed the defense. Look, he's done this, he's done that. Yeah, okay, he has, but there's a lot of inconsistency. We go to um Southampton, we lose, we lose at Brighton at home, we lose to Palace away, not expected, and then we go Chelsea. Away, we expected, you know, a loss, we win. Man United at home, we win. West Ham away, we win. These are inconsistencies that makes me think, you know, this will cause a problem. And as soon as you, you, you say this about Mikel Arteta or you talk about this, it's as if you said something really bad and it's it's outrageous and, you know, it's, it can't be said. It's not accepted socially. Why? I don't know. You know, people are entitled not to like the manager even. Not to want him sure. there in the first place. Sure, you know, I, mm. I'm I'm still unsure about him. It doesn't mm -hmm. make it doesn't mean I want him gone or I want him. You know, I think he's an idiot or anything like that. I've I've given him. You know, you've done show with me, Tom, and I've praised Mikel Arteta when yeah. he's done things right, and I've criticised him when he hasn't done things right. I praised him for for the win at Chelsea, and I've criticised him for losing at home to Brighton. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand it. I, I can't have an answer with you because I don't understand why some people are extremely protected about this guy. And it, it doesn't matter what he does. He's the best thing that has happened to Arsenal ever. I'm just, um, Lynn in the chat box says, um, you see, Tom, from, uh, from me as a fan, if I didn't know Shaheen better, um, when you pass your opinion, it's very balanced. But when Shaheen expresses his opinion, it comes across as negative. And I've actually asked Lynn to respond in the chat box to, to kind of explain that reason. Yeah, because do you think this... I came across negative? No, I think that you come across as doubtful. I, I am doubtful. And I think there's a difference between the two. What yeah. I think is negative 
is like you said there a second ago, you know, we see comments on the Arsenal lounge on a Monday night that are, you know, overprotective of Arteta will lose and be like, no, just trust the process. Don't doubt him. You can't, you can't criticize him, etc. But equally, I do think like we saw on Monday night show in the chat box after three wins against Chelsea United and, and West Ham, people being still genuinely negative, you know, about the yeah, manager, not, yeah. not taking uh, the positives, not taking the wins. Exactly. So I think you know, it goes I, both ways. I've been, yeah, I've been very positive and I've been very complimentary of Mikel Arteta when he's won, mm. he's won games, you know, Chelsea away being one of them. I was very impressed. But in the same time, I'm a fan. I, you know, I'm entitled to criticise him when he doesn't get it right. And, and let's have it right. There's quite a lot of things that Mikel Arteta is, you know, he's still, there's a big question mark over, you know, his man management, for example, the way he handled Aubameyang, the way he handled Ozil, the way he's dealing with Nicolas Pepe, it seems as if as, as soon as the players are a little bit experienced, they've mm. got some games around them and they've got a bit of ego with them. His way of dealing with this is, all right, you're going to be frozen up and you're going to be shipped away. And a lot of money will be written off in a process as, as, as for Arsenal's business. But I don't want to go into that. For me to criticise that, it's okay. That doesn't mean I'm overly negative. It's just that it's, I'm seeing something that I don't like and it's not making sense to me and I'd like to talk about it. Mm, no, that's... And I think that's where probably me and you divide because I feel like it's... It, well, you said a second ago, like you... You feel like you, when you ask people about what the process is, they can't. I feel like I could sit and comfortably debate strongly, you know, that Arsenal are on the right path under Mikel Arteta at this point in time. I wouldn't have been able to do that after Man City and the 5-0 game. I wouldn't have been able to do that after Villarreal. And some people want to say, you know, you're a flip-flop for changing your opinion, but that's football. You know, opinions change constantly with the win of because course. there's a new game every few days which changes yeah, exactly. things. You know, look, but, a lot of people... I'll give you an example, right? Mm. When we lost um, against Southampton away, right? I did mm. a show with Mo on our, on our channel, right? And I said, our season is over. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mo loved that. Yeah, he, <laughs> he went hard on me, right? But yeah. that was my opinion back then based on what I was seeing. Do I have the same opinion today? No. Does it mean I'm a flip-flop? No. Because no. things change. When things change, you see it and it changes your mind, you know? Look, I think that from where we're at right now, um, I mean, if you'd have asked me after the Southampton game if I thought we'd have got top four, I'd have been like, no, <laughs> you yeah, exactly. like, we weren't going to get top four at that point. I really... and, and a lot of people would probably say the same thing as you, Tom. At that point in the time, only, because at that point, we'd lost three games on the bounce. We had to go to Chelsea, play Man United at home, and then go away to West Ham with Spurs playing against Brentford and Brighton, you know, uh, to and, and Leicester, of course, as well. To, to say that you know we were still, you know, that we were favourites, or that the likelihood is that we would get top four would take it would be very optimistic. I would have thought at that time to say that. Now though, you know, three games later, it's very different, and that is an example of how quickly the landscape changes. It's not about being a flip flop or whatever. It's it's football. You know, it changed yeah. your opinion changes. The the, the landscape course. changes, and, and also. Um, Oh, sorry, I just want to give Lynn the chance to respond to you a right, second right. ago when I asked her. She says, I'm not prejudging Shaheen at all. I think it is just how uh, he expresses himself. I find that when I watch the Arsenal Lounge, it takes a lot to please you. Do you what do you think about that? Because I think that no, actually, I think I there gonna... are possibly there's a possibly a slight argument there when, you know, me and you go back and forth about Martin Erdegaards all the time. <laughs> and, you know, we've yeah. gone back and forth about Mikel Arteta. What yeah, for yeah. you? I've Does it take it. for you to say that I think Arteta is the right man to lead us to yeah, where I, we need I've, to go? I've said this 
I've said this as well quite quite some often actually on Arsenal Lounge, and especially mm. when it comes to Odegaard and our debate. I criticize Arteta or Odegaard because I want more. I want better. Mm. You know, I don't criticize Mikel Arteta because I don't like his face or I don't like Martin Odegaard. <laughs> sure. I don't, you know, I think he's an idiot. No. What is more? I want I want consistency. I don't want okay. us to go and lose to those, you know, to to I don't know Brighton, uh, Southampton, you know, and then come and beat Chelsea away. Let's be consistent. I'm used to seeing my Arsenal right qualify for top four every season. I'm used sure. to seeing my team lifting the Premier League title, play Champions League final. I've seen Arsenal go to Bernabeu and beat Real Madrid, a good mm. Real Madrid. Go to San Siro and beat Inter Milan and AC Milan. On their peak, I've seen these things, right? Yeah. So I've seen that, and I'm seeing what's happening now, and I don't like it. I want to my, see that again. I my issue with that. that. My, my issue with that. Just sorry to go jump on. in, but just I, I, I want to kind of end with the, this. <laughs> host interrupting host. Um, but when you say like you know you've, I've seen Arsenal lifting trophies. I've seen Arsenal going to the Bernabeu. You know that was 2006, mate. Like that was 16 years ago, and a lot has happened between. Yeah. 2006 and and say you know when Arteta took over a lot happened in the 14 odd years between yeah. those two things and they weren't good things you know there were sprinklings of positivity with the FA Cup wins Meza Ozil signing Alexis Sanchez signing but on the whole I would describe that 14 year thing that happened as not a particularly successful or well-run 14 years so that when Arteta takes over 14 years after we beat Real Madrid at the Bernabeu you know, I don't think the expectation that we can compete for a title or can no, establish or to establish consistency within one and a bit years, I don't think that's realistic. No, I, and I don't have that expectation of Mika Arteta right now. So what is your I, expectation? I, I, I right. So on the fourth of April, fourth of I'd May, like sorry, see, what should we be doing? Let me word this properly. I guess I haven't seen enough progress, right? for me to turn around and say, right, this guy is the guy that will get us challenging again. What would have had to have happened? Or get Champions League. I need to see more consistency. I need him. I need to see him make less I don't mistakes. know what that means, though, Shaheed. Because, like, means, Man City like, and Liverpool have dropped points to teams like, you know, further down the table this season. They're once once a season, twice Chelsea, a season. Chelsea, who signed 200 million plus worth of players in 2020 and then bought 100 million pounds worth of players again in Lukaku and, and Sal Niguez in the yeah. summer of 2021, are three points ahead of us, you know. And Spurs have got Antonio Conte in. Five months after he took over, we're still two points ahead as we were, and they've strengthened in January. That's what I can't get my head around, is that, you know, we're going in this direction. This is the context of where we're at. They're the teams, Man City and Liverpool, where we want to be. But to get there, you know, it, it, it's not going to happen in, in two years. It's, no, and I, I feel like we are progressing towards I 100% agree. That. I 100% yeah. agree. And I know it's not going to happen in overnight or one year or two years. But... What I'm saying, so what I'm seeing so far, mm. I'll give you an example, right? Uh, Villarreal away, this whole force nine rubbish. Yeah, right? no, that's fair. Well, like, that's a fair that's, criticism. That's a yeah. Mistake, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? And that was Jacker left back against Brighton. Point. Exactly. Awful decision. I'd, yeah. I'd like to see these things. Okay, he's 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 a he's a novice. He's learning on a job. It's not. He didn't give himself a job. I mm. understand that. So he's there now. You made the mistake once. 
let it be once. Don't yeah. repeat it again. So that's one thing I'd like to see. Okay. Two, I'd like to see us. You see, the, 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 when, I, when I'm talking about consistency, it means yeah. don't lose to a, a team that is on the bottom of the league and then go beat Chelsea away. Do you not think the part of that is being a Premier League club, though? Like, Come again? You're not going to beat all of the teams you're expecting. Even if you're City and Liverpool, no, you're going to drop points to those uh, teams. 100%. I, I, don't, I don't expect right. them to go beat every team. There will be times, right? Okay. But these times are a bit are repeating themselves a little bit. I'd like to see okay. less of that, right? Fair enough. Next season, enough. next season is going to be Champions League football or Europa well, League football. Fingers at, crossed. Well, Europa League, let's <laughs> yeah. say for argument's A minimum, yeah, we've guaranteed yeah? that. Yeah. So he's going to be playing Thursday, Sunday. That's a different kettle of fish, right? So you've got sure. to manage your squad better. You've got to be able Improve to rotate better. You know, you may come across good teams in, in, in Europa League. So that's a different challenge, right? And, and then... I'd just like to see him manage these things more. Do I want him to succeed? I would love anybody who takes over to succeed. Have I criticised Unai Emery? Yes, when he was an Arsenal manager. You know, mm. have I criticised Arsene Menger towards the end? With the monsoon of love and respect that I have for Arsene? Yes, towards the end, I was like, I don't know, you know, I'm not sure anymore. So yeah. I have criticised. It's not just Mikel Arteta, it's anybody there. I, do I want him to succeed? Yes, because if he succeeds, my club would succeed. And that's exactly what I want to see in my club. I want us mm. to, to challenge for honours. I want us to, to, to be how we were. You know, yeah. I remember Arsenal qualifying from group stage of Champions League was almost given. Mm. You know, it was the last 16 or 8 that we normally struggled. Well, so we put in pot one most times. <laughs> so that yeah, helps quite a bit. Yeah, yeah you said um, a long time ago. I think that, um, and I, I want to address this because um, I, I don't think, and I want to address it because I think this is maybe the misinterpretation of your point where Pundit Sashin is blaming um, the failures of past managers and Arteta. I don't think you are. I think no, what not. you've highlighted is something I agree with where Arteta is making mistakes that he has made himself already. Granite yep. Xhaka being put at left back against Brighton was a mistake we made a year prior and should not have happened again, especially when it meant isolating Lukonga. It's these small things that I think give legitimate arguments against Arteta at times, yeah. quite rightly. For me, it's about the broader perspective. It's about the broader view of where Arsenal is a club compared to when Arteta took over and where it was going when Arteta took, Arteta took over. I thought Arsenal was on a downward slope before Arteta took the job. And so naturally, I expected it to get worse before it got better. It did get worse. It got more worse than I was thought it was going to get, to yeah. be honest. I didn't think it was going to get as bad as two eighth-place finishes. I didn't think it was going to get that bad, and I'd completely I misjudged agree. that. But I think, actually, I didn't expect us to be in a top-four race this season, nor did I think we'd lead the top-four race and get into it. So if that is achieved this season, what frustrates me from, say, a portion of the fan base is says... Well, the standards of Arsenal Football Club dictate that we should be getting Champions League football every season. So getting it this year is not something that we should praise Arteta for. It's something that we go, it's Arsenal. You know, it's what we should be doing. When I think that's wrong, I think that to say that it's not an achievement for Arsenal to finish in the no, top four is. or to even challenge for the top four this season isn't an achievement. Do you it know is. what I mean? And no, hundred percent. I agree because at the beginning we're agreeing of the season, again. <laughs> know, but because at the beginning of the season we lost three games, right? And again, everybody was like, "Oh, yeah. you know what's going on? Arsenal gonna be this? Arsenal gonna?" But now we 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 are where top four is is on our hands. 
you know, all we have to do is win our games, etc., and we can mm. we can qualify. So it is an achievement. It, it, it's something that was nobody expected. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something, right? If we yeah. don't qualify for top four, it's going to mm. be a lot harder next season because my United will, will be better, possibly. Chelsea might maybe. be better. We said you know, that we, last season, though. And that's, I, know, I think, but, what frustrates you know, me about the argument that they've been bad and that's helped us. because. And you watched, obviously, the lounge on Monday night and it was the clip that I got Mo to clip out and highlight on, the, yeah. on Twitter was that we're on course for a points tally that falls in line with top four finishers of previous yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah. So, sure, Chelsea might be better next season. Man United might be better next season. But, you know, so might we. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I think we're going to spend more than we spent last summer because I think that the players that we're targeting are going to cost a certain amount if we don't get Champions League I still think we're going to spend significantly because I, I think that the club planned to spend significantly this summer on a on a team that we're going to qualify for the Europa League not a team that we're going to qualify for the Champions League yeah. so that plan should be good you know we sh what we do this summer if we qualify for the Europa or qualify for the Champions League regardless it should be a solid investment this summer because the club as we've heard are supposedly ahead of schedule. You know, they didn't expect yeah. us to be in the Champions League next season. They thought we were going to be in the Europa League next season and yet still had this plan to push onwards. So even if we fail in the top four, which to be honest, we shouldn't, you know, we should really from this point take the opportunity and finish in the top four. But if we don't, we still should be in a position where the plan that is in place puts us in a position where we aren't going to struggle with European football next year. I agree, and we need to stop agreeing with me, Shay. <laughs> I disagree, Tom. I disagree. You know this is not right. This is, oh, I'm rant and rave. No, but we need a big summer and qualifying for Champions League. It helps a lot, a lot, because when you go out there and you speak to to these, you know, heavy duty players, if you like, right? Mm -hmm. you, you tell them, right? Listen, we've got, we can offer you Champions League football. Mm -hmm. It makes a, a big difference. Then you say, oh, come and play Europa League. Because everybody wants to play Champions League. But You agreed with me about um, you know this season being an overachievement if we get into the top four. You didn't expect us to be in the top four race. Yeah. But am I right in saying that on the lounge you said if we don't make top four, you'd sack him? I said he's a failure. But would you uh, sack yes, him? I did, I, I did say I'll sack him. Because, and Has I your you... mind changed on that or is it still that? Well, look, when we discussed this, mm. right? It's a different we, time, hence why I'm asking you again. When we discussed this, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think we were quite a few points ahead. And mm. I think we had three games in hand. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm. Yeah, sure. So it was a position of self-destruction if you don't qualify for Champions League because you're in such a good place. And, and imagine if if we didn't lose those games, or at least if we lost one or two of them. If we if we beat, for example, Southampton away and we got a draw mm -hmm. at home to Brighton, we would be in a far better place now. At the time, I said, yes, that's what I said. I said, I'll, I'll sack him because that means you would have to mess this up so bad. Yeah, so yeah. bad, right? And imagine if we went to Chelsea, and West Ham and we lost, we carry out that form. We would be, we, everybody would ask him, how can you, from the position of strength, from you were fourth, games in hand on everybody, and you know, you were point-wise, you were cleared of everyone, how you've managed to mess this up and finish, I don't know, sixth or seventh. 
And for me, that would be a sackable offence. So you would still sack him if he finished fifth? I don't know, man. I have to... No, I have to come back to this <laughs> get off now. the fence, man. To, no, this is the chance for you to disagree. To <laughs> but I will, be, I, will be, I will be extremely disappointed if we don't sure. finish. Sure. No, so will I. You, and, so and, I will be. I will be very disappointed if said, we don't finish. Yeah, and, and another thing that I said, I said it will be the the manner of how we don't finish in top four. If you like, if sure, it will sure. be something that Mikel Arteta has made mistakes along the way with his team selection, with his tactics, with his substitutions, and the result is that. That's that's mm. one way. Two is if I don't know, um, you get three or four very bad injuries. That's not something you can blame on Mikel Arteta and say, oh, I'm gonna. You know, sack you because yeah. you haven't qualified. Yeah. So, you know, it needs to be put in context a little bit. Absolutely. Context is always key. Um, I want to go for another. Have you got 10 more minutes, 10, 15 minutes? Still good? I have more than 10, 15 minutes for Brilliant. you, Tom. I don't because i got to grab the missus from the station <laughs> at just five past seven. But, always uh, have time for you. Ah, uh, top man. Um, it's because he agrees with me on the agree to disagree show. <laughs> That's what he does. Um, I... But we disagree on Mondays. Yeah, always because you bring up Erdegaard <laughs> every week. Um, but when it comes, uh, the, the issue for me with the whole, you know, sackable disappointment, the reason why I'm, I'll be disappointed, you know, if we don't get top four is is because of Arteta, but in a good way, if that makes sense, because Arteta's given me a reason to be disappointed because he's put us in a position where we are, you know, we can claim top four this season. And for that reason, I don't think the disappointment is worthy of a, of a sacking because it is because of what we have done in my opinion, that has put us into this top four race when that wasn't the expectation of this season. Does that make sense? Yes. Can I put something to you? Always. If we play Leeds yeah, and yeah. then Tottenham, mm. right, and we lose both games yeah, yeah. because of poor team selection, poor sure. substitution. Because of Arteta. Is Arteta because of Arteta's those games? Yeah, okay, sure. You know, lack of ability if you like as a manager sure right then you've got to look at it and say well hold on you could be put in the exact same situation next season and it will be the same outcome mm -hmm. you know so then you've got to look at that are you actually the guy who's going to take us to that next level that we need to, to be because you've now been presented with the opportunity at the point where you're clear on the fourth place you've got advantage of point you've got very good goal difference Right, and you've got three or four games in hand, and then it all kind of, uh, you know, unravels in front of all of us. So that's when I would start. I would look at him, and and I'll be like, you know, uh, maybe it's not for him. Maybe that's his limit. So you know, that's what that, it would that, take. that is the only time that I've said this before. Mm. I would look at him, and I'll put that to you. If that was to to happen, would you still be like, oh, I'm disappointed, but you know, we go away, we go again next season. Yeah, I would still be like, I'm disappointed, but go again, because I think that the evidence across, you know, to the point to where we're at so far indicates to me that, that we're on the right pathway. Um, mistakes have, have happened. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, it, it's been perfect. It's been, you know, if it was perfect, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about the possibility of top four. We'd be there. Um, and, you know, if we'd have won those games against at least Brighton and um, at least Brighton and uh, Southampton, you know, we win against Leeds and we'd have top four. 
You know, that's the situation. If we'd have beaten Brighton and, and Southampton, we would have we and, and win against Leeds yeah. next weekend. We would but have we top four. But we didn't, um, you know, and yeah. because and and you have to put the mistake down in the Brighton game in particular to Arteta. The Southampton game, I don't. I think we've played that game a million times and won yeah, it most that, of them. Going you know. back on it, Tom, I, I would say, you know, why not bring Alan back then? Why bring yeah, yeah. but then you have to credit him for them bringing him back. You know, and then you've Chelsea. got the question. <laughs> but you'll be pleased to hear we disagree on that point. That you sure. know, I think he, I think he should he should be gone if it's down to him making mistakes because. This is the this is this is the business end of season. This mm. is where you need to pull through now. This is where you need to show that I'm a top manager or I'm a very good up and coming manager, and I can manage this situation. I can manage my team, and I can make the most out of an opportunity that was presented. Mm. You know, and if you don't, because of the mistakes you make, you you, you know there will be consequences, and in the footballing world, it will be your job. I think that what Arsenal will do, and my prediction kind of what will be is that I think that, you know, I think Liverpool will get points off, off Spurs um, and I think we will beat Leeds. And I think, you know, in that North London derby, I, th I think we might draw it, which will take it, you know, until the last couple of games of the season. Um, if we can win it in the North London derby, it would be incredible. You know, the, yeah. the, what that would bring to the team, what that would do to Tottenham. You know that's what that would do to the families. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, would be absolutely massive. Um, and I think yeah, we we'll deserve some celebratory. <laughs> I think result. people would be calling for you to apologise at times. Wrongly, that said, uh, you know, but I, I have no problem, you know, putting a pie in the oven because at the end yeah, of the, the day, it's not about Arteta or anybody. It's about Arsenal, mm. and I want my club to do well. That's that's and the main thing for me is that. I feel for some it's got personal with Arteta. It's got to a level where, you know, they'd rather see Arsenal lose um, to get rid of him. But if Arteta succeeds, Arsenal succeeds. And that's yeah. the most important thing, as you just said. You know, it's the most important thing for us to progress. And for Arteta, if it is Arteta, great. If it's not and it's someone else that progresses, great. You know, I don't care. I just want Arsenal to go where they need to go, which is back to where we've known them to be able to achieve things in title races and in the Champions yeah. League one day, maybe. Um, Tom, were, were you having the same view after the first half of last night Liverpool game? About what? Sorry, that Tottenham, that you know Liverpool would take points off Tottenham. Oh, at halftime in the VRL game, I was bricking it, mate. I was like, <laughs> oh, they've gone, they, 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 they've screwed they were it. Really bad. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want, I didn't, I don't want Liverpool to win the Champions League. Um, no, I don't want. As but well. I felt like if Villarreal had won and knocked them out, that would have set them up so badly for the Spurs game. You know, it would have really. You know, like when we got knocked out of the Champions League and the FA Cup and the Invincible season, and you know we had to come back against yeah, Liverpool. We got done by you Chelsea, know. didn't we? Yeah, of course, Wayne Bridge. You know, Wayne Bridge. Yeah. I think that with that, I am th I am quite pleased that Liverpool won and won in the end comfortably of a very strong finish because that should. And I wrote about it today actually that it should give you know Liverpool the kick up the arse to really go for spurts and not let them and not drop their level. So that's what I'm hoping is going to happen. Um, <laughs> whether or not yeah, that does. I mean, is they can't afford, because... Liverpool can't afford to lose. No, they can't. But I think no, because... that brings with it its own pressures and its own yeah. nerves. Um, yeah. And Spurs, think... Spurs also have to, I don't think Spurs will be going into that game thinking we, you know, we got to try and take something. I think Spurs go into that game thinking we have to win this game. You know, we've got to beat Liverpool to stay in the North. Which, is, if... go on, which is good because they will come out. If, yeah, exactly. If, if Tottenham come out and play, they will lose. 
I don't think if, they will, though. I think Conte will, will see what happened against up. City and they'll yeah, play the same that, way. That would, that, that would worry me a little bit if they go with that. And I think they Especially will. Especially if they get a goal early or if they score the first goal. They're going to sit back even more and it's going to be very hard for Liverpool to break them down. And But mm. anyway, nevertheless, they can go to... Uh, to 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 Liverpool and win and, and all we have to do is turn up at North London Derby. It, it being at Anfield, I think, is a big thing. I think you know we saw Spurs get a result against Liverpool at, at their stadium earlier this season. Um, I think. Man How much City, prefer if you were at Tottenham, Tom? What the what the Liverpool game? Yeah, because Why? at home they would come out to play a bit more. I don't know because I watched them not come out to play off. against City still, and you know they still got a result and yeah. I think, and the Liverpool game at home, Robertson was sent off, you know, and that that opened Liverpool up more in that mm-hmm. game. I think that, I think Liverpool will get a result. Um, I, I think if, so. that, if I think if Liverpool score first, I think it could be yeah. uncomfortable yeah. Um, for Spurs. Yeah, if, they, if Liverpool score first, they will have to come out and play. Absolutely, if, yeah. When they, they need come to get out, an early goal. If Liverpool it goes in at nil nil at half time, I'll be very nervous, you know, about Spurs getting something from that game. We even need if, to hope. even if listen, if even if they get a draw there. It's, it's fine. It's, I'm, I'll yeah. take a, if you said to me they draw that game, I'm buzzing. You know, I'm taking. You take a draw now. I'd take a draw in the Liverpool Spurs game. Yeah, because it means that if we beat Leeds, all we need to do is win the derby. I say all that we need to do, you know, is win the derby, and we you know we Champions League are. So yeah, if you said that you can have a, a Liverpool Spurs draw all day long. Because it, it positions, and obviously we then have to beat Leeds. And we're kind of all looking at Leeds as a bit of a formality right now, and it's not. You know, they're, they're a team that can cause problems. They're a team that are very vulnerable and leaky in terms of goals, but we're not exactly a side that are, yeah. you know, banging them in regularly every game. I know that we've got, you know, seven goals against Chelsea and, and Man United and then two more against West Ham, but the, the goals that we've scored, they've not been from dominant performances. You know, they've been from you know fortuitous moments at times. You know what's interesting is not once we've talked about Arsenal Leeds game as if it's expected for us to mm-hmm. win. I know. And, and, I know. I, and, I'm, and I'm, I am expecting us to win. Yeah, same. But it's, it's people, I think that we talk about it so easily as a formality because we look at that game as you, you put it on paper and you're like, yeah, yeah. win, like, not a problem. But we had that for Brighton. We had that for Southampton. Yeah. You know, We had yeah. that for Burnley at home and it didn't happen. So we can't look at it that way. And I just hope that Tommy Asu, of course, being back is going to be a big, big plus. Um, and I think that hopefully will balance Tavares as well on the left-hand side. He's the big worry for me because he's going to be up against Kulisevsky against Spurs. Um, yeah. I'm not sure who plays on the right-hand side. For, is it Rafinha? Um, it will be for Leeds on the right. So that's, I mean, that's I no so, yeah. <laughs> that's no easy feat, you know, playing against Rafinha. Um, Gabriel's going to have to be on it in terms of backing him up and defending him. In fact, the Man City game is having a look at their lineup for that game. Yeah, Rafinha and Dallas. But Dallas is injured. I, I think, think Cooper's... I think Cooper's not fit either. So it'll be Ailing and, and Rafinha on that right-hand side. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Akbar, if you want to know our lineup for the Leeds game, you're going to have to tune in for our preview show a little bit later on this week on Friday. Uh, we'll be doing a preview for that. Speaking of Tavares as well, if you want to hear some interesting thoughts from his former coach, Benfica, go and give my piece of reads over on football.london that came out today. Link in the description to my profile is always there. It was a really good chat. We talked about um, the video actually of that comes out tomorrow. So if you want to watch it instead of reading it because you're lazy and like watching things instead, you'll be able to do that on the Arsenal way tomorrow as well. But Shaheen, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, yeah. Before I go, to be fair, I should read out the, the poll results. 
Um, over 240 of you have voted. 40% of you say that Thierry Henry was uh, was right. Uh, 60% though disagreed with Thierry Henry's comments regarding Saliba. So quite split, to be fair. You know, a lot of these polls often you see 80% pluses. So the fact yeah. that it's 40-60 is still pretty split for a chat box as well. Um, but thank you, Shaheen, for your time. My pleasure. And it's always nice. Plug your show, mate. Go mad. No, it's just Arsenal Lounge. Um, come over. Uh, Lev is planning quite a few things for uh, summer and next season. And obviously on Monday nights, we do a fantastic podcast with me, Tom, Mo, and um, Lev. And it's very mm. uh, it's very opinionated. We disagree, um, especially me and Tom when it comes to Odegaard. But um, it's a very nice show. Come and subscribe or, or come and watch us sometime. And thank you for having me on, Tom. It's a pleasure coming on. It's always nice speaking to you. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Likewise, um, link to the Arsenal Lounge is in the description. So make sure you go and check them out and give them a subscribe. They're on their way to 20k subs. Let's help them get there. Um, and make sure you tune in on Monday nights at 8 p.m. Of course, match dependent, but usually 8 p.m. on a Monday. You can find us there. And of course, plenty more content coming from Shaheen and Lev throughout the weeks as well from the sounds of things too. And I'm sure through the transfer window, you might see a familiar face or two on there as well. Um, (laughs) um, Thank you for tuning in, everyone. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Do drop a like on the video. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the daily update show. And uh, go check out our chats with other people on the channel that's already up there as well. Lots of good stuff to get your teeth sunk into. We'll see you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.